Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. I wanted to share a message that has been on my heart for a long time. And uh, it is the closing statements of the book of Revelation. As you all know, it's a very important book. And because it's so important, it is the most ignored book by Christians, by far. And uh, before we start, let's pray, okay? Father, I thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to be looking into your word together and to draw our hope, our joy, and our encouragement from you. So we... This morning we pray that uh, you will encourage all of us through your word and that you will uh, cause no one to walk back home the same way that he came in. We thank you, we bless you, and we ask this in the name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. So, the book of Revelation beautiful book, one of the most important. It's in fact the only book in the entire Bible that uh, the reader and uh, the teacher were promised great blessings um, when they study that. It's a wonderful book and it is written to all of us, although most of us will not even go through most of that book. So why was it written to us? In order for us to know what God is sparing us from. And it was written to us, not to the world. The world has no clue. The world does not want to know. The world takes pleasure in the things of the world. The world is not the address of this book. This book is for us. And when we know what's going to happen, we are even more passionate to go about and do the Father's business. So, what I love about this book is that it gives us an interesting beginning and end, like a, um, a clam. I'm a Jew, so I'm not sure about clams, but... <laughs> but a, a, a beautiful cover in the beginning and the end and these are all wonderful words wonderful promises and in between it's not anything but the consequences of the deeds of man the cover is God's love the content is a lot of judgment that the world literally is asking upon itself 
But the, the one thing that is really characterizing that book is the love of God. It's the promises of God from the very beginning to the very end. And uh, the um, portion or the verse I want to concentrate on this morning is verse 17 of chapter 22. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Wow. This is an amazing, amazing portion of scriptures that raises many questions. And I've, I've read it in the Greek. You can see it in the Greek if you want. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful text in the Greek. Um, I don't know if you have it there. Um, okay, you can try and read it if you want. <laughs> but the reason why I read it in the Greek is because there is a very important question that we need to ask. Okay, is it come Jesus? Or is it come to Jesus? Because we actually, even from the Greek text, can understand both. And uh, it's beautiful. Because you can clearly see the longing of the church for Him to come. But you also see the longing of the Lord for the non-believers to come to Him. I'm reminded of John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out and saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, he says, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So wait a minute. I thought the Holy Spirit is always around. Well, it is true. God is always everywhere and His Spirit is always everywhere. But the church received something that no other person or corporate group of people ever received in the history of planet Earth. And that's, you will see in, in, in a few verses. So which spirit are we talking about? In John, we see, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another, say another, another, another helper. Why am I emphasizing the another? Because there are people who teach us that the Holy Spirit is Jesus, Jesus is the Father, the Father is the Holy Spirit, the Father is Jesus. They're all one, it's called oneness, it's called Teaching that it's all the same. And no, Jesus is saying, look, I will pray. I, the Son, I'm praying to the Father. 
and he will give you another helper. He will give you another helper. And that he may abide with you, what? Forever. And what is it? The spirit of truth. Whom the world, the world what? Every time somebody comes to me and says, Amir, you have to watch this video of this rabbi. He, he, you know, he saw Jesus. He saw this. He saw, I'm, I'm telling him, stop it right there. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He cannot tell me anything about Jesus. That's it. I'm sorry. He can be rabbi, shmabai. I don't care. <laughs> stop buying those things from the world. And start buying those things from the word. And he says, the world cannot receive that because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans, he says. Look. I am going to come to you. Jesus basically says, first of all, God is not going to leave you alone. I am going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. But I want you to know, I am not asking the Father to take you out of this world. Because what is the purpose of the church? To be what? A light, a salt to the world. What's the point of taking us from the world when we, when the war, the, God wants the world to be saved? For God so loved the church, the world. So he left. He just says, "Father, okay, they can stay, but just keep them from all evil, from the evil one." And so he gives us the spirit of truth so we can understand what's not from the Father. And he's the helper. He's there to assist us. Oh, it's so hard. You've got the spirit of God in you. And his name is the helper. Oh, can I, I can pray about Yes, you can. Sometimes we try everything and only then we pray. And then he says in John 15, When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of what? Truth. Who proceeds where from? From the Father. He will testify of me. There is no person on planet earth that has the Holy Spirit and is not testifying of Jesus. So a rabbi that does not accept Jesus cannot be someone that has the Holy Spirit. It's very simple. He can be the chief rabbi. He can be the greatest scholar. He can be a professor, a doctor. I don't care who he is. If he cannot testify that Jesus is the God, the God in the flesh, the Word that came and became flesh and dwelt amongst the one who died for us, he, he cannot say that Jesus is God in the flesh. That Jesus is part of the Godhead, the, the deity of Christ. Because all of them say he was a good man. 
All of them say he was a good teacher. All of them, some religions say he was a prophet like Islam. No. He's God. And he will testify of me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And in Acts chapter 5 verse 32, and we are his witnesses in these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who what? Obey him. Not only that we were given the Holy Spirit, the Greek is saying something even stronger than that. The Bible says that we are sealed in the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22, Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also what has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as what? You know what that Greek word in guarantee is? I tell you, the Greek word is arabon, which means a deposit. The Holy Spirit in you is the deposit that God is given. It's giving for what? For the full payment once we're out. It's like, hey, take this for now. You'll need it. <laughs> That's the first payment. This is it. Arabon. You see the same thing, by the way, Ephesians 1. The first three chapters of Ephesians, six chapters altogether, that epistle. The first three chapters are <laughs> about what God has done for us. And in three chapters, we're only having one commandment, which is remember who you were before. That's all. But look, he says, in him, you also trusted after what? After what? You went to Bible college. No, after you've, you've done a seminary. No, no. After what? You heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also what? Okay, it's not enough to hear. <laughs> Having believed, the minute you hear the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and you believe, what happens? See, I didn't say that. He said that. If you got a problem, go to Paul, talk to him. And the last time I heard, he got it from Jesus himself. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is what? The deposit. Arabon, remember? Of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. <laughs> Which redemption? Of what? Romans 8, not only in verse 23, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of what? Exactly. Look at you. 
You may be new creation in Christ. You may have new spirit, new heart, but you don't have a new body. I don't have a new body. We're still in the sinful body. We're still trapped in this flesh. And in order to inherit the kingdom of God, in order to enter into the presence of the holy God, we must what? Change. What are you talking about, Willis? Change. Look at yourself. Take a picture of you from 20 years ago. You're dying. We're dying. Oh, I'm 18. Wait. From there, it's all downhills. Ladies and gentlemen, we all must change. So the adoption, the redemption that is in the future is the redemption of the body. Because we are already redeemed. And the interesting thing is the word sealed is to set a seal upon. A seal is, is, is authenticity, ownership. The Greek word is sphragizo. Sphragizo. Sphragizos is seal. Sphragizo is to be sealed. Amazing. God put a seal on you. He paid the deposit and he put a seal. You're authentic. If you indeed believe and you have the spirit of promise, the spirit of truth. So now we understand who is the spirit in the spirit and the bride. But who is the bride? Oh. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to someone else? No, to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without a blemish. Revelation 19, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. We, we are the bride. Some of you say, moi? Yes. And we have a wedding to attend. And the wedding is not here. It's up there. In order to go up there, we must be taken to be up there. Last time I checked, you can't fly. <laughs> we must be changed first. When you're changed, law of gravity does not anymore have any power over you. We're gone. Boom. And we're with him. 
Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. In heaven. <laughs> He's showing him the bride. Because we are in heaven when that horrible tribulation is befalling upon the earth. In fact, it is the spirit that makes the bride. If we are sitting right here as a group of people on Sunday morning, and we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, we are not the bride. What makes us the bride is our faith in Jesus that gave us, as we believed, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of promise, the helper, the spirit of truth, the comforter. The one who, who has to prove the world for sin, to, to, to show the world what sin is. But, but us, for us, it is the spirit of truth. Now we are in the truth. We believe in the way, truth, and life. Hmm. John said in chapter 3, verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's saying that to who? His name is Nicodemus. And who was he? A Gentile? A Jew. He is actually a teacher in Israel. And he's telling a teacher of the Jews. He's telling him, you are a teacher? And you don't know that being born from the water... Ladies, you know, when water breaks, being born from the water. We're all great swimmers. <laughs> then we forget, and then we learn again. But ladies and gentlemen, having been born of the water is not enough. To enter into the kingdom, you must be born of the water and the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one, that's not a Honda, uh, you know, uh, in all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and, in, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then they were appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's a whole teaching about the tongues. Okay? Other tongues. So other people will understand what they say. Hello? And then watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. You understand? It's the same Spirit. There is no Holy Spirit for the Jews and Holy Spirit for the Greek. Holy Spirit for Las Vegas. There's a, a Spirit for Las Vegas, but it's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Different story. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, the Bible says. And in Romans 8, 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. You understand that? Very, and I know that there are so many different interpretations to the story of the ten virgins. But since I'm here, I'll tell you mine. The Bible is clearly saying, at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Hello? When somebody is called bridegroom, what is it applying to? A wedding. Go out to meet him. Now, I'm thinking to myself, bear with me. I'm the bridegroom. And who am I going to go to see? Who? Other girls? Other people? Other virgins? Of course it's the, the, the bride. And look what he says. Go out to meet him. And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be no, not enough for us and you. But you, rather to the, you, you go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in him, with him to the... Wedding. And the door was shut. Now the last time I heard, and by the way, this is few verses. After he talked about one will be taken, one will be remain. Last time I heard, the door is shut, is when those that are ready taken and those that are not ready not taken. And what is the readiness meter here? oil. And the oil is what? It's the Holy Spirit. You can run on your own fumes for a short time. You can pretend for a while that if you don't have constant flow of the Holy Spirit, which can only happen if you have it in you, not if you borrow, not if you see someone and you imitate what he does just to appear like you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit and the Bride are the restrainer. What does it mean? In order for the restrainer to restrain, there has to be the presence of the Holy Spirit within the body known as the church. And the church is called to be what? light of the world and the salt of the earth what is the purpose of the salt to preserve and to flavor and to slow down the decay did you know that when they used to have dead soldiers in the ancient times they would take the bodies in bags of salt carry them on so they can bury them a few days later without, or a few weeks later even. Yes, the salt slows down the decay. You can imagine what this country would have been like if all Christians would have been gone, if the church did not exist. 
Matthew 5. You are the... Hello? Salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be what? To be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. When it loses... By the way, the Roman soldiers in those days... When salt lost its flavor and they were stuck with a lot of that, when rain came and washed the salt, you know what they used to do with it? I'll tell you. They used to throw it on the roads so the weeds will not grow. They, that's how they kept the roads clear all the time. And it, roads, what are you doing on the road? Exactly. Walking on it. Trampling on it. If we lose the flavor, we will be worth nothing but to people will trample over us. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. No. When they see your good works, they need to glorify who? Your Father which is in heaven. That's the work of the believer. To cause someone to run to the Lord when he see how you are. Not to glorify you. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you Paul is urging the Thessalonians. And now you know what is restraining. That he may be revealed, that man of lawlessness, that antichrist, he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. When did lawlessness begin? Genesis chapter 3, you're right. And when did lawlessness reach its peak? Genesis chapter 6. We, we humans, we could only do it three chapters. <laughs> That's how pathetic we are when we are without him. When we choose it our way, three chapters. In chapter 6, God said, I'm done with them. I'm sorry. I made this world. I'm, he said that. This is the probably saddest portion of scriptures ever. He says this. And the Lord saw, in verse 5, the wickedness of man that was great in, in the earth. And that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and that he has and he was grieved in his heart. So the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There's no doubt. Only he, Holy Spirit in us, who now restrains, slows down. He will do so. Until, there's an expiration date. Until he is what? He is taken out 
of the way. And then, and let's together say, and then. Then means after. Hello? Good morning, church. <laughs> Only after we are taken out of the way, the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. That same lawless one whom the Lord on his second coming will destroy. Jesus returns to the clouds for the bride. For this is, we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself, say, the Lord Himself. He's not sending someone. Hey, Michael, come over here. Listen. You see these people? Could you go and get them for me? No. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven. Where is He now? In heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. How do I know? Who saw Him? Who saw Him standing at the right hand of the Father? Some, I'm not talking about when John was taken up. I'm talking about who on earth? Stephen was stoned to death, remember? He saw Him. So the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of? It's in heaven. The trumpet is in heaven. It's a trumpet of God. The shout is of, of an archangel. It's up there. Everybody's thinking, who oh, the feast of trumpets? Who oh, the feast of trumpets? The feast of trumpets is when he comes back here. When the trumpets will sound here, and he comes back to Israel here, because it has to be fulfilled right before Yom Kippur, which is the atonement, the repentance of Israel, and tabernacles, which is the millennial kingdom. Boom, 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 boom. Just as the spring holidays were all fulfilled in the same time, the fall holidays will. And then we say that we, who are, are you dead right now? No. So we who are alive, that means you. Last time I checked, you still have a pulse. You're smiling at me right now. So we who are alive and remain shall be what? <laughs> it's harpazo in the Greek. Harpazo. And then the Latin translation, rapturo. And then the English said caught up. No, wait a minute. The English didn't say rapture. It says caught up. <laughs> but the word rapture comes from rapturo. Yeah, but a rapture is not in the Bible. Yes, of course, because you're reading your English Bible. <laughs> Maybe you should go to the original and find harpazo and find then rapturo. And yes, it's a rapture. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud. And where is the meeting point of us with Jesus? That's too weird. No, it's not. Oh, the parting of the Red Sea is so natural. <laughs> Come on. People who watch Elijah going up, it, oh, that's okay. Enoch was walking and he's gone. That's okay. But us meeting him in the air, oh, so weird. Come on. 
And thus we shall what? Say the word always. Always is always. The minute you see Jesus in the air, from that moment, he, you will never ever be apart from him. So, that means that when he decides to come back to earth, guess what? We come back with him. And when he decides to judge, guess what? We judge with him. And when he decides to reign, guess what? We reign with him. You can have a, a, a little business card. Future judge. <laughs> or governor in potential. <laughs> because it's true. We shall always be the Lord. Therefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. Jesus will return again to Jerusalem for Israel. Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Botsra, who is this one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red and your garment like one who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone and from the peoples no one was with me. Look, this is like Jesus really speaking on his second coming. And we see that the Lord indeed will come with us to Jerusalem, the Lord will go forth in Zechariah 14 and fight against those nations as they fight in the day of battle. And that day his feet will stand on Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split into two from the east to the west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and the other to the south. And the Bible says, and thus the Lord will come and all his saints comes with him. Now we've come to the point in history where the rapture can happen at any given moment. And we are in a great dilemma. Rapture now means many unsaved. And rapture later means much suffering for all of us. Which one? Well, <laughs> let me spare it from you. Okay? He's not asking you when. <laughs> okay? God has his timing. Okay? And he is not late. Second Peter said, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is like thousand years, and thousand years one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all, say all. That's against limited atonement and other things that Calvinists teach. He wants all to come to repentance. It's not like he created them already to go to hell. In Philemon we see, for you, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. And when we are active about his coming and his kingdom, then he will be active about us going and our and in about our troubled world we must understand ladies and gentlemen the times and the seasons 
We must understand that everything we, we studied yesterday must ring in your ears all the time. See then in Ephesians 5 that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are great. No, the days are evil. Christians are so shocked that everything goes wrong in this world. Why are you shocked? The days are evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, concerning the time and the season, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes. How? As a thief in the night. He's going to surprise. And interestingly, it says, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon pregnant women, and they shall not escape. But then he says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We need not to fight with our own strength. We need to acknowledge God's sovereignty. Job chapter 42, Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of, your, of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I did not understand things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak, you said. I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Wow. We must trust, we must abide, we must pray, we must seek, ask, and watch. For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. For you, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So what all the things that you know everybody wants to have, God knows what you need. He says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and it, you will find it. Knock, and it will be opened to you. There is an active approach here. He's telling you, ask, seek, knock. Oh, I'm staying home. Whatever he wants to do, he will do. That's not the approach of the believer. Be anxious of nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Father, we thank you that you are about to do this. What? Let your what? Request be made known to God. I don't want to request anything. He knows everything. No, let your request be known to God. The opposite. The spirit and the bride say what? Come! Is there anything wrong with it? No. The people awaiting his return versus the people who walked in darkness. It's, you, there is no believer that has the Holy Spirit that has, was born from above 
that cannot say that he wants Jesus to come. Remember, I, was, I landed in Singapore one time. I was picked up by a, a, a deacon of a church there, and, and he picked me up in a beautiful Mercedes. I love cars. And, and I'm sitting, and he's, t- he's telling me, oh, God has blessed my business so much, you know. And he's blessed financially, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm building my dream house right now. I can't wait to go in. And then he said, I don't mind if Jesus will not come back. He wanted an earthly mansion when Jesus, for the past 2,000 years, have been working over a heavenly mansion for him. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious what? Appearing. Appearing is not second coming. Appearing. He appears in the clouds. That glorious appearing of our great God. Who is He? God. And Savior. What's His name? Jesus. Yeshua in Hebrew. Which means salvation. You shall name Him salvation. Because He will save His people. Hello? It's okay. You can call Him Jesus. Fine. He knows. But I want you to know. He gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And purify for himself his own special people. Zealous for what? Good works. And as it is appointed for men to die once. It's appointed for men to die once. Most people on planet earth will die once. Okay? But after, there is the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those, and then look what? To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. Apart from sin, for salvation. Which salvation? Romans 8.23? The salvation of your body. He will appear again. Appear again. Second time. For those who wait for him. To save our body. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe. Is what? Look at, look at this. Watch me. Okay. Okay. All have sinned and fell glo- short of the glory of God. We are all condemned. No one here is a good person. No one on planet earth. Everyone is already condemned. The minute you believe you are out of the condemned already. And you are not condemned now. So he says, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. He's in this camp. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. And men, what? Love darkness rather than light. I want to run and say to you this. 
We know what's going to happen in this world. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power signs and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who are perished. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. And they might, that they might be saved. And look what they, the Bible says. They also had pleasure in unrighteousness. The times of the Gentiles is concluding. Israel's time will then begin. We know that. Romans 11 tells us that very clearly. I don't have time to read all of that. I'm running through all the way to tell you that in Hosea, I will return again to my place until Israel, they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in their affliction. They will earnestly seek me. The Bible says that Jesus will not come back to Jerusalem until Jerusalem will ask him to come back. Ask. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets in Matthew 23, 37 to 39, and stone those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hand gathering her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more until what? Until you say what? Baruch haba beshem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I love the fact that God wants us to ask him to come. Moses, my favorite, favorite portion. When I sign books, I always sign Exodus 33 verse 13. Look what he says. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me. I look at Moses. That's a very Jewish attitude right now. You say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you, have you also found grace in my sight. Moses is telling God, you tell me that you love me, that I'm okay, but hey, how do you expect me to move on if you don't tell me who is going with me? I'm not going alone. And then he said, he said, show me now your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Moses is saying, hey, they're not mine. <laughs> they are yours. It's not my problem. It's your problem. And he said, my, and look what God said. God loved it. God loved this boldness. Basically, Moses says, I'm not moving out of here. And God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? It is not only legitimate to ask and demand that Jesus return, but it is actually a sweet aroma to him. The spirit and the bride indeed say, come. 
We must be eagerly waiting for him to come, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revelation of the sons of God. Not only that, but we also who have the first word of the Spirit, we read it already, even ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for that adoption. Romans 8, but if we hope for that we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. 1 Corinthians 1.7 So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.5 For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Philemon 3.20 For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for Him. He will appear the second time apart from sin for salvation. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8 For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Paul is about to die. He says, And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. Now it's past tense. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, he said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, He will give he says, look, there is, a, there is a crown there. But I'm not going to get it today. I might die today. But look, he said, he will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to who? All who have lot of this appearing. He is patient, Paul. He says, I see it, but I'll wait for all of you. Revelation 22.20 He who testified to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, let's say together, Come Lord Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available in Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.